Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. Today our guest is Kate LePage. Kate is the East Central Minnesota Safe Harbor Regional Navigator. And Kate, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you guys for having me back. For our listeners, uh, if you will, Please, I should have mentioned to you, you know, this is all under the umbrella of Lutheran Social Service. And Kate, for our listeners, tell them what you do as a regional navigator. Yeah, so I cover um, previously an eight-county region, now a 12-county region in east-central Minnesota, uh, basically providing a point of contact for those counties that I serve related to trafficking or exploitation. So I provide uh, trainings, uh, consultations, prevention to youth. I build protocol and other, and offer other technical assistance to counties, and then as well as a referral source. So if somebody's looking for uh, different programming resources, I'm able to help them kind of navigate the statewide uh, array of resources that we have to kind of fit somebody's needs more specifically. And uh, I, I know there's a lot of misconception about what's happening with these young girls that are involved. And in, boys. And boys, mm-hmm. yeah. Young people that are involved mm-hmm. in sex trafficking. And maybe we should talk a little bit about that, too. Yeah. You know, it's been a huge topic recently uh, within the Brainerd Lakes community where our offices are housed for Lutheran Social Service. But in general, you know, throughout the U.S., we've seen things pop up more and more about human trafficking awareness, which, you know, on one side of the coin is really great that people are starting to identify that this is an issue. Um, It's one that we've been obviously working with for quite a few years, um, but it's still a relatively new issue. Uh, the, The Safe Harbor Legislature it was passed in Minnesota in 2011, and we were the only fifth, fifth state to pass a law that basically said someone under the age, age of 18, excuse me, could not be charged with a traffic or a prostitution charge or a solicitation charge. Um, so it's a pretty new topic, but you know, a lot of people are talking about it as a, an issue of children being abducted, and more specifically, young girls being abducted and perpetrated against. And unfortunately, when we really promote the conspiracy theories and the abduction and the scary things or danger, we tend to lose sight of what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in Minnesota, we recognize roughly 50% um, of our victims are actually boys. So again, when we talk about what's happening in the media right now and on social media, we're hearing a lot about girls, but that's leaving out a half uh, of the victims in the state of Minnesota that we really want to recognize and identify. We also don't see very many abductions. You know, I think I said this last time I was on here, uh, I have been working in Safe Harbor specifically with trafficked and exploited youth and young adults for a little over three years now, and I have yet to work with a victim, a survivor that has been abducted or kidnapped. Right. So it's just not the reality. You know, we see more of the grooming process, and, and kids can still be living at home while they're being trafficked. Sometimes it's familial trafficking. So when we promote these um, kind of dramatized ideals of what the issue is, mm-hmm. we tend to not recognize uh, the individuals that are being victimized. And on top of that, we make it so much harder for victims to come forward seeking services because 
their situation does not mimic the um, the hypersexualized and dramatized version that we see in the media and culture. And it has been bad lately. It's been like, yeah, like you said. <laughs> yeah, it's been tough. And I mean, I know it's that's what we see with sexual violence in general, right? Is that people want to gravitate towards this stranger danger mentality. Um, one, because it's an attention grabber, mm-hmm. but also because it, it kind of pushes the, the issue away from home a little bit. Like, I can still recognize that it's an issue without it kind of having a chance to infiltrate into my house. Yeah. Um, and that's just, unfortunately, it's just not as easy as looking for somebody that's been kidnapped and removed from the, the oh. home and, or their life. Yeah. And uh, talk about some of the, uh, when we talk about the uh, young people that you help, what kind of ages are we talking about? The, the average age that we're estimating uh, for entry into the life or into a trafficking or exploitation situation is around 15. In the last two years with the Safe Harbor programs, which is a network of programs funded through the Minnesota Department of Health and the Department of Human Services, is and the average age we're beginning to serve through those programs is 17. So those are people that have either been identified or self-referred in some fashion to receive these services. So that falls in line pretty well, most likely, with that average age of entry at 15. You know, statistics around this are so hard and, and, so, and, and are so vague and are difficult to assume because we don't have all the victims, and victims are really hard to identify, and there aren't a lot of self-disclosures. Um, but that's kind of our estimate. Is around 15 is the average age of entry that we're seeing, and then um, 17, we can say, is the average age that we see guns serving people in Safe Harbor in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And, and the numbers are probably more surprising even here in the Brainerd Lakes than most people would even fathom. Yeah, I've had... Um, 14 consults and referrals in the last month, so since um, the, like, second week of July, I think. Huh. And those are ones that we know about. <laughs> yep, those are ones that we, we know about or we've identified in some some way, and those are just the ones that I've gotten through to my um, hotline or crisis line or email. So, um, I mean, we're still ne- not necessarily seeing all of them. That's just a snapshot. Right. But it's definitely picked up during COVID times as well as you you have an increased um, population that are experiencing vulnerabilities due mm-hmm. to everything going on in the world. And Kate, yeah. when you get these calls, are they usually from the victims or are they from someone who is saying, hey, I think I've got a situation here that I know about? How do, Is there one or the other more? I, I, uh, I don't get self-referrals very often. So I don't get calls too often coming directly from a victim survivor. Okay. Um, you know, when I do get those calls, it's usually somebody within kind of the 30-year-old range. Um, often I'm getting calls from service providers because a lot of these individuals are already systems involved. Um, so I'm getting calls from probation, child protection, uh, maybe even just mental health workers or family members. Okay. As you were talking about the numbers and the and this strange times we're living in, it, is the pandemic making things worse, in your opinion, for these young ladies? Um, for the for the young girls and boys. Well, what the pandemic is doing is one, there is 
there's not very much affordable housing. I think the vacancy rate for affordable housing in the Brainerd area is 1%. Um, and so there's just, landlords can pick and choose, so it's really hard to get into safe housing. It's harder and harder to couch hop because people aren't sure, you know, are you going to be bringing in um, this illness? Have you contracted it or been around it? And so it's harder and harder to couch hop. But also just that isolation, um, the forced isolation causes us to want to reach out and connect with people. And so it makes it easier for somebody to have um, to come in and kind of infiltrate your life and begin that grooming process. Yeah. We have seen an increase in cyber exploitation, so online exploitation. Mm-hmm. We've seen a decrease in things like massage parlor ads um, and so forth. And then internet crimes against children. So, um, you know, the online solicitation, again, of children. Those cyber tips uh, that have been going to the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension in Minnesota or the BCA, those have gone up um, pretty significantly since the start of COVID as well, or the stay-at-home order. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, talk about uh, the girls that you do deal with and boys. Uh, do, do they um, do a lot? Uh, I guess I'm asking, is there a recidivism rate that we should know about? Or do a lot of them, uh, just because of the, of, the emi- of the environment that they live in, end up back in the trafficking? You know, they say on average someone goes back to a trafficking exploitation situation around seven times. And oh, wow. it's really, really hard to get out of that lifestyle. Uh, it's similar to, um, to treatment for chemical dependency, right, where we see people coming in and out because there's a lot of barriers for staying out. Um, you know, they might have past criminal charges that make it difficult for them to get into independent living um, or apartments and housing and getting a job that could meet all of their needs. Um, They maybe have dependents that they're also meeting needs for. Um, You know, we have that relationship pull. Remember, so that most of these girls and boys haven't been abducted. It's a relationship with the trafficker or exploiter that has been established. And so there's that relationship pull back into it as well. And, you know, sometimes it's chemical dependency. So around 84% of victims of trafficking and exploitation are also using substances while being victimized. You know, when you think about um, having to, you know, be raped about 20 times a day sometimes, you you might be self-medicating. And so substances are a huge barrier as well. Somebody might be using substances as well. And so there's a lot of barriers for getting out and staying out. But that's why it's so important for us to have these programs implemented into our communities that are easy to access and available more than once. You know, we don't want someone to um, come through the program and leave early or not be quote-unquote successful. We like to use that word successful, but it's, I mean, it's so case-by-case, and successful means something different to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't want them to not be able to access that again. And so we work really, um, we really work off of a harm reduction model, so trying to create as less harm as possible and offer services that they identify are going to meet their needs at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, do I understand, uh, did you say that uh, you have recently received some more grant money from the state? 
We did. So um, my position, which is the regional navigator, which is funded out of the Minnesota Department of Health, um, we are on a three-year grant cycle. So this July, we got reawarded for another three years out of Lutheran Social Service Brainerd office. Um, so I'll be working within that programming for at least another three years. On top of that, we got um, a supportive services grant. So we'll be able to do more case management with individuals and more preventative efforts within uh, the Crowing County area as well as about eight other counties in kind of that central region of the state. Okay. Um, and then we have our housing program, which is funded through Safe Harbor through the Department of Human Services. Mm. And that's uh, called Saving Grace, and it's a transitional scattered site apartment housing program. So what they do is they help individuals get into their own apartments, um, go through that process of signing leases, working with landlords, helping with first, last, um, sometimes damage deposits and things like that. So they can get into their own place. And then they offer that case management and ongoing support until someone could take all of their financial um, needs over on their own and are ready to you know, exit and receive some aftercare. Uh, and that program has been in the Brainerd area for a while now, and that has now extended to include St. Cloud. So we now have wow. case managers working in the St. Cloud office and the Brainerd office. Um, and the really great thing about about that program is we also received some federal funding. So Safe Harbor, you can receive services through Safe Harbor if you are um, confirmed, suspected, or at high risk of experiencing exploitation or trafficking through the age of 24. Um, federally, as long as we prove force, fraud, or coercion, we can serve somebody of any age. So what's really wonderful is that extra federal dollars helps us serve you know, some of those individuals that are maybe 29, 28, that are self-referring but can't get into Safe Harbor programs due to their age. So we're really excited to bring that additional funding in to grow that program and offer services for um, some of those older demographics. Yeah. And I would think that that Safe Harbor is so important in, well, starting a new life, if you will, because you just can't go back to the same place. Yeah, and it, it is really hard. You know, sometimes people have roots in a community, and so it's more, you know, they might not be able to leave a community, but it's more time to teach them um, and help them form healthy relationships and boundaries mm -hmm. and create new relationships. And so the case management is really, really case by case. But we do have individuals from all over the state and even the country that are reaching out to our program to relocate at times. Oh, wow. Kate, anything else we should know about your program at this point? Um, you know, it's we're open to referrals and consults if you, you think you know or you think you see something. Um, of course, if it's immediate danger, call 911. <laughs> um, right. But if you're just curious about what you're seeing or how to better respond to the issue, um, please feel free to call our hotline or connect with me uh, through my email. Um, I'm happy to share both of those. And then I do have an online training that's being hosted, hosted through Wellness in the Woods um, that is available for registration off of Eventbrite on September 1st. It's just a two-hour training that basically talks about what the laws are, 
um, what Minnesota is doing and the resources that they're providing, but also the real picture of what we're seeing in Minnesota. So um, the parties that are involved and then kind of the demographics that we that we should be looking for mm-hmm. um, rather than the sensationalized version that we're, we're kind of seeing popping up in the media. Okay, that's, that's September 1st and registration on Eventbrite. And what's your hotline number? That is 866-824-3770. Wonderful. And folks can call that anytime? Yes, they can, 24-7. All right. Well, Kate, thank you so much for visiting with us again uh, here today. The messages that you're sending out is very important. So thank you for taking the time. Well, thank you guys for having me. Okay. Thank you, Kate. Kate LePage is the East Central Minnesota Safe Harbor Regional Navigator under the umbrella of Lutheran Social Service. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. And don't forget our Community Focus programs are available to listen to anytime on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also listen through our free downloadable app, and that is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.